0: It is great to be here again. We thank the Lord for the opportunity. Um, on the table, just a couple of people to ask. The um, there's some preaching CDs back there. They got anywhere from ten to sixty hours on one of those discs, and they they're marked. The church marks those. Everything else on the table, just whatever you want to, uh, whatever you think it's worth. I told one brother if you if you put some money in, take a book you don't like it, uh, we'll give you a refund. But if you take it and read it, and you like it more than you thought you would, you've got to send us some, something extra. So that's, that's how we'll do that. So, Have you heard, I, I guess all this PC stuff's everywhere in the country. I, I, have you heard there's a controversy now they're trying to get to Washington, they've been trying to get to Washington Redskins to change the name of their team. Have you, have you heard about that? The, um, the owner of the team came out with a statement. And he said, uh, let's see, get it right here. So we realize that the name Washington Redskins is highly offensive to many people. It speaks of some of the worst, most oppressive, most untoward actions in the history of our nation. And understanding how hurtful the name Washington Redskins is to many people, from henceforth our team will just be called the Redskins. <laughs> so. All right, Um, Ephesians chapter 4, just so we can justify what we're preaching this week. Ephesians chapter number 4, we believe, and I say we because I I, I know I'm among like-minded folks tonight, we believe that salvation is by grace through faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that we are saved by the grace of God. Apart from our works, we have no merit before or after our salvation that would would enable us to enter God's heaven. It's by His grace. Absolutely. It's by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, we also believe the Bible. We don't have a God apart from the Bible. We have a God that we know through the Bible. And if your God doesn't match the God of the Bible, you need to get the right God because our God operates in accord with His Word. Now, the God... And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us His Holy Spirit when He saved us, said that in order to live the Christian life the way it should be lived, God said we need more than God. Lost, lost everybody already. Is this is the Bible's the word of God, right? Okay, <laughs> the Bible's the word of God, right? Amen. Well, we're already on very thin ice. (laughs) Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11. And he, that's God, right? That's the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. And we read these verses. Every night this week, we read these verses. Do you see that God the Father, who gave us God the Holy Spirit as a gift from God the Ascended Son... He also gave us evangelists, pastors, teachers, prophets for our perfecting and to bring us on to the fullness that is, is God's desire for us in Jesus Christ. Now, could God have brought us to perfection all by Himself? Absolutely. Did He choose to bring us to perfection all by Himself? not according to His Word. So the Lord intended for every one of us to be part of a body of believers so that we could minister one to another and the Lord could use the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the knowledge and the personality and the (laughs) faults that He gave to each of us to perfect every one of us. That's what He said. And so, every person who is saved needs the ministry of every person who is saved. And every person who is saved needs to be ministering to every person who is saved. And, and the reason we say this, uh, it, it, it just seems like the longer we go in this declining age in which we're, we live, you just find more and more people who believe that God saved them and put them in their house with the internet and we 're on the internet, but God didn't say he added you to the internet he added you to the church and and so so there's some things we want to talk about this week that God has put in our life God put in our life in addition to himself so that he could work in the people he 's put in our life and work in us to make us all that He wants us to be can Can we agree that that maybe that's what Ephesians says? Okay, you don't have to fully commit yet, but that's what it looks like. All right, let's pray. Father, help us, please. Please help us, Lord, to receive Your Word into our hearts, apply it to our lives, that it might work effectually in each of us because we have believed it. And we thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, he gave some pastors and teachers... How about that? Some, some people were gifted to be a pastor, to be a teacher, so that everyone could be perfected and everyone could come to the full measure of Jesus Christ. Fair enough? Amen. All right, what better place to learn about pastors than Exodus 19? Let's go to the 19th chapter of Exodus, present truth for the one body. Exodus chapter 19. And we are dealing now in the 19th chapter of Exodus with the people who saw with their eyes and experienced in their lives the greatest series of miracles that any group of human beings ever saw and ever experienced. Now, what Jesus Christ did in one village, in another village, in healing the sick and the blind and the lame and the leper, we're not diminishing the miracles wrought by Jesus Christ. But the children of Israel who came out of Egypt, everyone in the nation was a participant in those ten tremendous judgments that God sent upon Egypt. Every one of these, maybe a million and a half, maybe two, maybe three million people, experienced life-saving victory on Passover night. This entire nation of people has crossed the Red Sea on dry land. Seen the fishies over here and the fishies over there. Got to the other side and watched that water come down and crash in on Pharaoh and his army and drown them. They've seen all of that. And now they've come to Mount Sinai. And the Bible says in Exodus 19 and verse number 16, It came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at another part of the mount and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke isn't that a great King James Bible phrase well, look at that mountain What's it? why it's altogether on a smoke that's <laughs> You remember when the, Lord, when, when the Lord brought Moses in the wilderness and showed him the burning bush, and the bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed? Now the whole mountain of Sinai is on fire, but it's not consumed. It's altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly, And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. Okay. So, at the foot of Mount Sinai is a people who saw the waters of Egypt turn to blood, saw the dust of Egypt turn to lice, They saw plagues of flies and frogs and darkness and murrain upon the cattle and hailstones falling and then they put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and the Lord passed through that night and spared every one of them. You talk about a miracle. They left Egypt that night and the Bible says not a single dog barked. Try that. You can't walk one block when you're sneaking home at the night with, without every dog in the neighborhood barking. They all left Egypt and they'll, they'll just lay there, slept through the whole thing. And so Red Sea, all those miracles now, they're standing at the foot of the mountain. The ground is shaking under their feet. The mountain is on fire, but there's no lava flowing down the mountain. It's just smoke and fire. And, and they hear this trumpet sound, but it's God's voice speaking. And they watched Moses go up on that mountain. Now, I, let's just be honest about it. You've never seen anything like that in your life. Not one of those things. Two of those things would last you from now to the day you died. They saw all of those things. You imagine the pastor gets up here. to Maybe you could rig this up. You build a, a new building one day. You could rig this up where when you start preaching, the ground shakes. <laughs> And when you're making a really great point, fire breaks out everywhere. <laughs> All that's happening for real. Exodus, Exodus 32. Exodus 32. The ground is shaking. God's voice is sounding like a trumpet. The mountain is smoking and is on fire. Exodus 32 verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him up, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. That's shocking. It's shocking enough that they would say to Aaron, Make us a god. It's shocking enough that they should, should say to Aaron, After, after Moses brought, a, brought us out of Egypt, Moses is gone, we don't know what to do. But with the earth trembling beneath them, When it started shaking, they were shaking. When that trumpet started sounding, they were afraid. But now, just a few short days later, they have adapted, they have grown accustomed to the earth quaking and the mountain burning and hearing God's voice in their ears to where they can tune it out and ignore it. While it's still going on. We're not talking about forgetting a miracle. We're talking about being in the midst of a supernatural wonder and just being bored with it. Just being indifferent toward it. Now let me ask you something. I I know, I know. We walk by faith and not by sight and and we trust in an unseen God and and whom have not not seen we love. Look, I get all those verses. But let's be honest about it. If you can experience what those people experienced... And you can, you can go to sleep at night with the ground shaking and wake up in the morning with a trumpet blaring in your ears and look up at a mountain on fire while God meets with Moses and tune all that out and become an idolater. Don't tell me that every one of us is not capable of sitting in church and getting cold on God. And don't tell me that every one of us wouldn't go... People say all the time, I'd never do this, I'd never do that, I'd never go here, I'd never go there. I'm telling you, I've watched people sit in our church for 20 years and drop out and in six months it's like they'd never been in church. You know it's true. Every standard they ever had is gone. Every conviction they ever had is gone. Everything they ever stood for, they're now against. Everything they were ever against, they're now for. I'm, I'm telling you... There is something in the human heart, it is not inclined toward God. And it takes constant maintenance and constant exhortation to keep our thoughts right and our hearts right and our lives right. And God knew that. Amen. Now, when I read what I read in Ephesians, it, it, kinda, it, it, it's, it sounds almost blasphemous when I say, God said we need more than God. You don't hear His voice. They heard His voice and wanted an idol. How capable are you? We don't feel the ground shake when the Lord is present. He's always present. But I'm telling you, men, that we just, we are prone to walk by sight. We can quote all the verses. We are prone to be, to be what? To be in need of leadership. God knew it. We're prone to be in need of leadership. Now, these people said something, and you would object. You said, well, that's not true. But it is true. They said, as for this man Moses, which brought us out of Egypt. Now, wait a minute. For 430 years while they were in slavery, their God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How come they never once, as far as we know in the Bible record, how come they never once called a prayer meeting and sought God to deliver them? How come they never one time said, let's fast and pray until the Lord sends a rescue? God had to go get Moses and bring Moses out of the desert. And, And when Moses started working those wonders in the presence of Pharaoh and Pharaoh hardened his heart, you know who opposed Moses? The Israelites. You know who gave him grief? The children of Israel. You know why? They would have stayed in Egypt till this present day if Moses hadn't said, We're leaving. Go get those lambs, slay those lambs, put that blood on the doorpost, cook that meal, pack your bags, we're moving out tonight. They left because Moses, I'm not ruling out God, I am not. God sent Moses and Moses led those people out by the strength of his faith in God, by the strength of his will to obey God. And as soon as Moses was gone, you found out those people might have left Egypt, but their hearts were still there and their attitudes were still there and their desires were still there. And as long as Moses was standing in front of them, looking them in the eye and saying, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They're, they're with the program. But it's not God's program. It's Moses' program. I'm going to say as carefully as I can. And if you, listen, if, you, if you are faithful to your church and you've been saved any length of time, you know what I'm saying is true. And if you're here tonight and and you're a rebel and you're a freelancer and you're one of those people who thinks, well, it's just me and God, that's all I need, just me and God, you're not a New Testament Christian. Because New Testament doesn't teach anything like that. I'm telling you tonight, before you got in a church where a preacher was challenging you to leave Egypt and go to the promised land, it never crossed your mind to give people gospel tracts. It never crossed your mind to give up a Sunday afternoon to go sing songs to old people in a nursing home. It never crossed your mind to go into a juvenile detention center or a jailhouse and open up the Bible and preach it. I'm telling you, there are things you are doing now for Jesus Christ that you weren't doing when you had the Holy Spirit. There are things you have given up now that you would never have given up when you had Christ living in you. There are things you are doing now for God that you weren't doing for God when you had God because the Lord put a preacher in your life to stand before you and lead you farther than you would have gone and lead you deeper than you would have gone and help you climb higher than you would have climbed. Don't resent that. Don't, don't tell me, well, who's that? You tell me a man's running my life. No, I'm telling you, these people were better off with God and Moses than they were with God and not Moses. And you're better off with God and a pastor than you are with just God. You know, these people that stay home and God speaks to them, you know, God agrees with everything they want to do. Have you noticed that? Not one time did they ever see the Lord spoke to my heart and told me I was wrong. Lord spoke to my heart and told me I should do something other than what I want to do. You need a pastor because your pastor is going to tell you everything God said, not just the things you want to hear. We have these people, they, they, they used to order cassettes. That's how, how long I've been doing this. They used to order cassettes and now they, they go online and, and, and they call up and they say, they say, well, you know, we're thinking about selling everything and moving down there. We want to be in that church. We, we listen to you preach online and it's just so wonderful. I said, listen, listen, I'll tell you what. Before you move down here, why don't you let me pick out some sermons and send them to you? Because what you've been doing is listening to the ones you're interested in and ordering the ones you want to hear. I said, you come down here, you don't get to select. You get all the messages, not just the ones that appeal to you. That's right. That's right. Well, the first catalog we put out had a bunch of typos in it. And uh, we had this sermon that was supposed to be called 38 Results of Salvation. And it said, 38 Results of Salivation. <laughs> Somebody called up and said, I want that slobber sermon. <laughs> Oh man, but that's how our now now watch this thing. So so Moses is gone, and while Moses is on vacation, the uh the youth pastor takes over. You better have a good one. His name's Aaron. <laughs> and Aaron <laughs> said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives. That's okay and of your sons, uh, not not so much, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Really? The ground is still shaking while they call this idol their god. The trumpet voice is still sounding while they call this idol their God. You know what? It mattered who was over that congregation. God's still their God. They are still God's people. But it sure made a big difference when Aaron was leading the way as opposed to when Moses was leading the way. You get upset with these, this preacher because he preaches something and, and your family's is doing, doing otherwise and he says something the Bible wants you to do and you want to do something else. Listen, you can leave, you can leave and you can go find you and Aaron somewhere that will let you make up your own God and make your own idol and carry on any way you want to carry on. But that's not the right thing to do. Verse 5, And when Aaron saw it, it, he built an altar before it, People got a lot of it gods, don't they? And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. I mean, no offense, but you, your pastors said this often enough. I can say it here without worrying about anything. You know, what, you know what the history of the Roman Catholic Church is? Going into an area and finding out what people worship and then calling it Christian. That's as old as Exodus 32. He didn't deny the Lord. He just called it the Lord. We're going to have a feast to the Lord. And there it is. Well, that's not the God that brought you out of Egypt. How could it have brought you out of Egypt when you just made it? It wasn't in Egypt. People are crazy, aren't they? And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So they got them a mega church going. They got a God they made up and and they offer to Him and they dance around Him and they play around Him and He just never says one negative word about anything they're doing. He never has one critical thing to say about anything they're doing. Hoorah! Now... Let's let's reason together. Can we reason together tonight? Let let's suppose the calf, let's suppose the calf is the size of the body of this guitar. That's not a very big calf. But that's a lot of gold. Now to get a to get a calf made out of gold the size of the body of that guitar, you would have to have, I would guess, Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of earrings, okay so from the time Aaron says, "Spread the word, I need golden earrings till the time that word is carried throughout the camp and the time it takes for thousands of people to line up and give their golden earrings, that's taken some time would you Would you not agree now now. We have got to cut enough wood to build a fire hot enough to melt gold. That's going to take days, if not weeks. Would you agree? It's going to take some time. Now, let me ask you something. When you build this fire, what did you carry out of Egypt with you on Passover night that was sufficient to put this mountain of golden earrings in and put a fire under it and melt gold and capture the liquid gold once it's melted. I would say nothing. So now we've got to build an apparatus that can melt gold. And now we've got to to figure out a way to catch the melted gold and cool it off. And this didn't happen in an afternoon. This is not a mistake. If Moses been up on that mountain 40 days and they've had time to do all this, they turned away from God in a couple of weeks after Moses went up on that mountain. And Aaron, come on, Aaron. Aaron, in, in two weeks, I mean two weeks, that'd be minimum. Three weeks, four weeks, however long it took. Aaron never one time sat down to eat lunch and said to himself, what am I doing? Am I out of my mind? Did his wife never once say, as they, as they turned out the lights in the tent and were just about asleep, did his wife never say, Honey, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be critical, but what are you doing? Well, this, this can't be right, honey. Honestly, after all they saw and all they were continuing to see, and they go on with this thing. And out comes this, this gold. And Aaron, he, he's, he's waiting for it to get just the right temperature. And it's, it's, it's still too hot. It's, it's still, I, can't, I can't work with it yet. And finally it cools off. He's got to hurry so it doesn't get too cold. And, he, and he's, he's making legs and, and a little tail and the, the head and the eyes. And he's putting the horns on the thing. And come on, he grew up in Egypt. Does he not know what he's doing? He's got to know what he's doing. Of course he knows what he's doing. But it's what the people want. It's what the people want. You know what happens in churches like ours? We start a church and it's going, it's going okay for about 10 years. And then it's rolling for 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years. Because people love a Bible-preaching church. They want their children in a Bible-preaching church. But one day, those little five- and six- and four-year-old boys and girls, one day they're 16 and 17 and 18. And they want Egypt, not God. They want golden calves, not Jesus. And the kids start whining to Mama. And Mama starts whining to Daddy. And Daddy sends a text message or an email to the pastor. We just feel like God is leading us to go somewhere else. If by God you mean your teenagers then yes but the God of the Bible is not going and so we got this pressure being put on preachers all across this country to give the people what they want and that's what Aaron does and Moses was sent by God to give the people what they need I've told our parents so many parents as they get ready to leave and follow their teenagers out the door we're not turning the future of our church over to the future of our church You want to stay here till you're 30, 40, 45 years old? We'll let you run it. But you're not running this thing at 17. Not not going to happen. You know, it's a funny thing too. We'll get back on this in a second. We, we are, we're doing okay? All right. Just making sure. <laughs> Here's a man comes to my office and God never told him to tithe. God never told him to knock on doors. God never told him to give out tracts. God never told him to be faithful to midweek service. But as soon as God says you should leave and go to another church, preacher, the Lord just spoke to my heart and told me we need to leave. (laughs) How come the only things God's ever said to you in ten years is get out of church? That's that's that golden calf God. All right. So, um, trap door hadn't opened yet. Verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down. I like this. For thy people. God said you can have them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them anymore. For thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Now watch this. Come on. Come on, watch. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. I guess as true as anything ever written in a hymnal. That, that songwriter said, Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, Amen. prone to leave the God I love. Have you not left a Sunday night service, haven't had the greatest Sunday you can remember, and on the way home you've thought, this is so. This is, I'm going to live right here, I'm going to stay right here, God. This, this is where I always want to be in my heart. And you wake up the next morning, it's like you've never been in church. There is no momentum in the Christian life. You've got to keep going this thing every single day. And very few people can do that without a preacher preaching to them. And so the Lord says to Moses, verse 9, I've seen this people, bold as a stiff-necked people, now therefore let me alone. I'm going to burn them up. And verse 15, Moses turned and went down from the mount. He tried to talk God out of it because he said, God, it it can't be that bad. It couldn't be that bad. And two tables of testimony in his hand, the tables written on both their sides, one on the one side, uh, one on... On the one side and on the other were they written, and the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, "Is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now what did, what did Joshua hear as they came down off that mountain? He heard what some of you hear in the apartment building you live in. Heard what some of you hear when you're sitting at the red light and you look over and you want to see the car next to you, but you can't because it's, it's down here. <laughs> I don't know how they do that. <laughs> they get those cars sitting right down on the ground and, and the cars are and <speaking in the street> and that's how you know when you're old because you turn to your wife and you say, Who could listen to that stuff? Which is just what your dad used to say to you. And so that's what he's hearing. He's hearing the percussion coming through the wall. You've heard that. And and so so he says, No, it's it's singing, but it's noise. Verse 19, it came to pass. As soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. See, it's worse than you thought. When the preacher allows an idol to be made, How's he going to say no to dancing around the idol? Once you give control of the congregation over the carnal desires of the flesh, you don't get to say how far it goes. It's wildfire now. It's unrestrained now. What's Aaron going to do? Nothing. And so the Bible says in verse number 20 uh, or, or 19... And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and broke them beneath them out. So nobody ever saw, nobody but Moses, ever saw the original manuscripts. And everything Jesus said about the law of Moses was a reference to a copy. Not an original. And God didn't write the copy. He had a man write the copy. God wrote the original. The man wrote the copy. Well, how about that? And he took... Good thing God can remember what he said originally. And by the way, just because you had trouble with English in school, doesn't mean God had trouble with it. And he took the calf which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water. And so... The, the pastor gets home from vacation and he walks in on Sunday night. He got home early and he said, what is going on in here? And as soon as Moses stepped on the scene, it stopped. See that? It stopped. No, no lightning bolts from God out of Mount Sinai. No earth opening and swallowing them up like corn the rebels. When Moses stepped in front of that congregation, all that devilment stopped. Now, brother, sister, listen, I, I, I do not have a man-of-God syndrome. I don't think the New Testament pastor is the king of Israel, none of that stuff. But I'm telling you, you need to sit where you're sitting with a man in front of you that is going to open that Bible and say, We don't do that. We do this. We don't act this way, we act this way. We don't worship like that, we worship like this. You need that in your life. God said so. And He showed it by example all through the Bible. And then, I, I'd, I wish I could see this. I hope God has, we, I used say, I hope God has this on film. <laughs> Why would God have film? I hope He's got it on disc. Listen, He's got it on something that hadn't been invented yet. But I hope we get to see it, because I want to know how Moses made the children of Israel drink of it. Come on, there's a million and a half people. Line up! (laughs) Moses is here. Moses, it's Moses. Line up, line up, it's Moses. Well, God's been up there shaking a mountain. Nobody stayed in line for that. But as soon as Moses looks him in the eye and says, Hey, you right, right here. Drink it. <laughs> Down they went. Now that's something, isn't it? Why is it I'm just I'm just being honest with you. Why is it when you read a chapter in the Bible like you're supposed to, you read that chapter and mark it off your Bible reading chart and say, Okay, I read that chapter and you go on about your business. But when you're sitting in church and the preacher opens the Bible and he proclaims the truth of that chapter, why is it you end up on your face at an altar? God ordained that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Listen, it's a powerful thing. The preaching of the word of God, the instruction of God's word from a man, not not the we're not worshiping the man, but God put the man there. And it makes a difference. Makes a difference in your life. 21. Moses said unto Aaron, you, you, you're gonna love this. Boys and girls, watch this. Watch this. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee? He figures they gotta have his wife kidnapped and tied up somewhere. <laughs> His kids are in the bottom of a well and they're not going to let him out. I mean, you, there's no way Aaron would have done this voluntarily. What did they do to you that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Now, pastors, thanks for coming tonight. And up to now, it's been, oh, thank the Lord somebody said this. Do you know what that Bible says? What you allow, you answer for. Aaron, you made those people sin. I didn't tell them, I didn't tell them to dance around that calf. I, I didn't tell them to worship an idol. But you allowed it. You allowed it. Now listen, brother, if you, if you don't want that responsibility, Hebrews 13 says, They watch for your souls as they that must give account. I can't make anybody do right. You pastors know you can't make anybody do right but we can make sure we don't put our seal of approval on what's wrong. Amen. Absolutely. And that's what's happening all across this country, and you know it. Amen. You know it. Man, listen, if you're willing to just throw righteousness out the window and throw holiness out the window and just use the Bible as a place to steal half a verse from to, to back up your sermon, you can go buy you an old grocery store and have 600 people by this time, 4th of July. But if you're going to tell people God said no to that and no to that, and you need to do this, you you don't got to have a mega anything. Mega headache, maybe. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, boys and girls, no, I got off track a little bit. Aaron said, and Aaron said, "Cool it. That's the living Bible. Aaron said, "Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Don't get angry." It's not good for you, Moses. People don't like negativity. You you need to watch Joel Osteen. He'll show you how to do it. Is that okay? All right. Just making sure. I I was in this church. I might have told you this. I was in this church and kind of like now, I've been going so much I hadn't had a haircut. My hair was down on my collar, which in some places is about as... Biggest sin as you can commit. And and this guy came up and he just kind of flicked my hair. And he said, start to look like Joel Osteen. So the next day I went and got a haircut. And I came in that night and I said, happy? Now I look like Joyce Meyer. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> verse verse 22 and Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people, that they are set on mischief. Which is why you can't let them have their way. You can't let teens pick their own activities. Yeah. <laughs> For they said unto me... And I, this is, come on, boys and girls. It, 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 you, you can fade back out in a minute, but you've got to see this. For they said unto me, Make us gods, which they did which should go before us, which they did. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we what not what has become of him, which is true. And I said to them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. That's true. So they gave it to me. That's true. Then I cast it in the fire. That's true. And there came out this calf. <laughs> now, Now, kids... When your mom says, that's the biggest lie anybody ever told, you can say, no, it's not. (laughs) It's nothing compared to what Aaron said. It just, boom, there's a calf. I I always wonder, did it walk out or fly out? (laughs) what, What is he thinking? There, and there came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, see, it's worse than you thought. When you thought it was worse than you thought it was, it's even worse than that. They're pulling off their clothes and dancing together in front of a golden calf while the ground is shaking under their feet while the mountain is on fire, while the trumpet voice of God is sounding. You know there's people sitting in a Bible preaching church on a Sunday morning hungover? Well, you know, I just think all you need is the Holy Spirit. Really? Then how come saved people don't pay their bills? How come saved people tell lies? How come saved people cuss? How come saved people have rotten marriages? They've got the Holy Spirit. They've got Jesus Christ. You need preaching. Amen. You need somebody to stand in front of you and, and demand that you go farther than you intend to go and live better than you intend to live. You need that. Amen. And when Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies. There's people watching you. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said... Who is on the Lord's side? Now watch, watch. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him climb up the mountain. That's not what he said. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. All you pastors here tonight and you that this your home church, you know what your preacher's job is? Your preacher's job is to draw a line and say on that side is disobedience on this side is obedience on that side is unrighteousness on this side is righteousness on that side is anti-bible on this side is what the bible teaches now i'm going to stand over here where are you going to stand amen come stand with the lord the preacher's not the lord amen. but his place in your life is make sure you know where that line is and moses said let him come unto me. And here come the sons of Levi. Now, church, men, ladies, here's, here's, here's what we need right here. Ready? And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell to the people that day about 3,000 men. For Moses said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, even every man upon his son, upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. Okay. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. (laughs) But they are mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds. And I'll bet this congregation, I bet you know what our sword is. Taking unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. And you know, what, you know what we need? There's, there's, listen, There's great preachers all across this country, but there aren't many great churches. Amen. I have pastor friends, they are as true to this Bible as your pastor is. They know this Bible as well as your pastor does. And I go preach for them, they got eight people. Ten people, fifteen people. You know what, you know what you need to have a great church? You need a man like Moses to draw a line and say, who's going to be on God's side? And then you need some men and women to get behind that pastor and take this sword and put it in their brother and put it in their companion and put it in their neighbor. Amen. That preacher gets done preaching. You gather in these hallways and in this parking lot and go out to eat in these restaurants. You need to say, man, that was good stuff, wasn't it? Know what that preacher said? I'll tell you, that was great. That, that touched my heart. How about you? And I, well, I don't know. I, I'm not so sure about that. Well, let me show you another verse here uh, about just about what he's preaching. Amen. You know what you're doing? You're taking your sword and you're backing up the man that stood for God and you're putting that sword in the heart of your wife and the heart of your husband and the heart of your son and the heart of your daughter and your best friend that sits by you in church and that's what it takes for a congregation to be Right? It takes a man standing for God, and it takes others going through that congregation with their swords and running their swords right into their neighbors and their kinsfolk. How about that? You got to listen. I listen to your your pastor preach, and um, I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. I listen to men preach just as well as he does. Little churches, dying churches. Do nothing, churches. You want to have a great church? Some of you men. Some of you ladies. you got to get on the Lord's side and and stand with this preacher and use your sword to bring these young people along. Use your sword to bring these new families along. Use your sword to start a new ministry, a new outreach. Win some more people to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, a little, little interesting note here. The day the law was given, 3,000 people died. The day the Holy Ghost was given, 3,000 souls were saved. The law made nothing perfect, but grace and truth, Oh, by Jesus Christ. What a a difference. So, here's what I want to say tonight. I have God. He's my God. I have His Son. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. Hallelujah. And He gave me the Holy Spirit. Before I even knew I had the Holy Spirit, I had the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sealed me with that Holy Spirit. Did they have redemption? Hallelujah. But you know what? All that happened as soon as I got saved. And I got to tell you, all the sins didn't disappear from my life. Amen. And all the things I was supposed to be doing, I wasn't doing. But little by little, by little. As a preacher said, you know, the Bible says, oh, wow, i got to give that up. The Bible says, oh, I've got to start doing that. I had the Trinity, but I needed a preacher. And you've never seen what these people saw. You've never experienced what they were experiencing. And look how quickly they turned aside out of the way without the right leader pointing them to God. And I don't, I don't want to end on a bad note, but you could sit here tonight and you could think of a friend or a family that was in your church and serving God that got out of church and on the way out they said, we're going to keep serving the Lord. We're just not going to come to church anymore. And you know where they are tonight. Aaron's not what you need You need Moses And you can't say I just need God Because God didn't say you just need God He gave you Apostles and prophets And evangelists and pastors And teachers for your perfecting I thank the Lord for the preachers He's put in my life I'm better for it And you're better for the preachers That you have in your life And, and, and don't resent Don't resent Don't resent a preacher urging you to go farther. Don't resent a preacher asking you to give up one more thing. That's better than somebody letting you have a golden calf and you ended up naked in front of your enemies. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, we're so thankful tonight for the people You put in our life to help us follow You. We're so thankful, Lord, for the teaching, the instruction, the encouragement, the challenge, the rebuke, the correction, all the things that we receive from godly preachers that quite honestly we we would never demand the things of ourselves that the preacher demands of us. Help us, Lord, to appreciate that. Rejoice in it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor.